Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Ufi X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Golf Course. The sun is shining, the birds are about, and there's a certain buzz in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. 15th hole here, drivers recommended. <laughs> is he a caveman? Because he's certainly clubbed that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that with the dictionary? Because that was a terrible read. <laughs> G'day, this is Golf. Andrew Dado is my name, and uh, it's a podcast about golf, as I'm sure you worked out. I'm at Horizons Golf Club. It's just after dawn. My brother's practicing his, what would they be, eight irons towards me. Cam, we're up here on a family holiday. My dad, my brother Cam, my brother Lockie, it's the family reserve. That's the family trophy that we play for. And there's kangaroos lying about like dogs. It is quite the spot. Just... um, just west of Port Stephens. So Horizons Golf Club, the pro here is a guy called Vince Owen and he's terrific. I managed to sit down with him for a chat for half an hour or so, which I'm really, really delighted to share with you. He's a big thinker. Um, He's been in the game a long time. He had an amazing start to the game, which I'm sure he'll, he'll talk about. And then from there on, it's a game that got him like the rest of us, took hold of him and he just loves it. So he's got a lot to share. Uh, And not the least of which is his way of teaching, which is quite unique these days. It's about what he sees, not what the numbers tell him, because it's all about his eye. So terrific storyteller, terrific guy, Vince Owen, Horizons Golf Club. I know you'll like it. He's a lovely fella. And we started where we always start with, how did you come to the game of golf? This is Vince Owen. And I was a, a red-hot rugby league player at the age of 12, uh, busted my knee badly, and the doctor said, no more contact sport for you. Devastated as a 12-year-old Australian boy. Uh, one of my mates had his, his dad's golf clubs in the garage one day, so come on, let's go and hit some golf balls on a football field of all places. Hit it clean over the goalpost with the very first swing that I made at it, and I went 100 metres, and I went... What is this game? I, mean, I can't hit a cricket ball that far. I can't hit a tennis ball that far. This is outrageous. So from the very first golf shot of my life, it was probably 
destiny that I had and ended up being a golf pro because it's just this fluky thing that went over 100 metres and I'm like, well, I'm in love with this thing straight up. So got really lucky where the neighbour was a keen golfer, stayed a park right behind the house, went down one day with my own golf club there, hit some balls in the park, he comes screaming out and says, hey, you've got to come to the golf club at local Charlestown Golf Club. So when you say you went down there with your own golf club so you started you literally had one club absolutely yeah piece of rubbish that someone had handed to me and, and we just had a nine on and went down to this park and okay and do you know what the club was uh yes it was a wilson golf club from kmart back in, <laughs> back in the day as yeah, i yeah. they could make the best stuff you know um but yeah it got lucky because a local golf pro was just become my second father you know it was this rich dad poor dad kind of scenario there my dad was a loving family man and i ran into this guy that was going to nurture my career for the rest of my life and mm. what a a great chance meeting that was, you know, to be able to do uh, have have someone who wanted to nurture you as much as you could. Because I was a big, strong kid. Big, strong kids play football. They didn't play golf, and I had this physical advantage of, of being able to hit this golf ball long and strong for my age. So that boosted my self esteem through the roof. Mm. So that's that's kind of where all of the passion and 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 fire came for golf. Okay. There, yeah. I, I wonder about um, you said your first your first shot over the goalpost. over the goalpost. So. Do you remember your second shot oh, or your third shot? Employee air swing. <laughs> it's just like, no, no, really though? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're having then six air swings at it and, yeah. oh, why won't it move and why can't I hit it and top the ball along the ground and exactly the same traumas that every early stage golfer goes through. Yeah. yeah these golf balls are pretty small. They yeah. are small. The bat's small. The club's small. You know, it's a small target. Yeah, so we all suffer the same problems okay. you know, in, in golf. All right, so... Just to jump forward, now you're teaching, like I was watching your golf lesson, one of your golf lessons on YouTube um, about the cross-handed grip and where your body's meant to be and things like that. So I I don't want to jump all the way forward now, but but now that you're teaching people to get through that pain, Mm. do you get a level of love from that as well? Unquestionably. I think early on in a coaching career, you steal as much information from the people that are way above you in their careers. And one guy said to me, we should really be teach, we should really send the most experienced coaches out to the beginners. And that was the reverse of what actually happened to you as, it, <laughs> as an apprentice, you were, you were pushed over to <laughs> the, the shit ones. Correct, yeah. It's like, because um, I'm going to teach the A-grade golfers because they can relate to me because I can relate to them. And if we make one tiny adjustment, we're good. Yeah. Early stage golfers, whoa, we've got years ahead of them to get them off the ground. But actually, this guy that I mentored to said, I'm going to have as much compassion for you as you could possibly imagine for you at this stage of golf that you're at. We're going to nurture your golf and get your golf off the ground. And I use those words on a daily basis with an early stage golfer and go, hey, I want to help you get this ball airborne so you don't feel like a complete klutz and you can't manage this whole thing. I'm going to nurture you through the whole program. I want you to know from the get-go, this is really difficult. Really, really difficult. <laughs> so, so, hang on, so you don't lie. You don't... You don't, you don't oh, okay. So you don't sort of post a dream for them that, no, um, you God, want, you're amazing. I want to give this sport up. I totally empathise with you, you know, because this is a toughie. Right. Yeah, this is probably the most easily given up sport in the world. Mm. Maybe snow skiing is probably easier, right? But this is this is a very easy thing to give up because yeah. it's that tough, you right. know. Yeah. So, so what's in your mind? What's the – and you've been in golf for 30, 30 years. Yeah. yeah. So what's the, what is the attraction of the game? I think, I think to finally get – 
an ounce of reward, and I mean an ounce, because you give a pound and you get an ounce, yeah. yeah, and you give and you give and you give to the game, and eventually it just drops a little chestnut in you, enough to keep you in it there, which is might be one golden golf shot, might be 18 holes for a golf pro, might even be four rounds for a tour pro. Yeah, and and in, in saying that, it might take that tour pro 12 months to put four rounds together. These guys you see on television, they're not backing up week in, week out, winning all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So those tour pros. So, so, so silly question, but why? I like they're at it all, d- yeah. like they're no, hitting a ball 100%. all day. Yeah. The accuracies involved are incredible. The ball sits on the club face for 16 thousandths of a second. It's 15 millimetres of travel. And during that period of time. Sorry, it's what? So the ball sits on the club face and gets squashed against the club face. Yeah. for 15 millimetres of actual travel distance oh. and a 16 thousandths of a second from the moment of contact to the moment of release. That sounds way too scientific for anybody to understand, but that's when you judge your golf, by that moment, that moment in time. And if I'm making you think at this moment in time about that, you should, because it's going, oh, wow, okay, yeah. That 16 thousandths is the same period of time it takes for a gun to go off and the runner to actually react to the gun. And that's how long the ball sits on the club face for. And during that period there, Andrew, we actually know the club face goes from pointing open to square during those moments. So it's actually changing its attitude during that 16 thousandths of a second there. If that doesn't start to say how precise you need to be in this game, nothing else should, which is effectively why not one human being could pretty much dominate this game beyond comprehension you know like i.e tiger woods might have gone as close as you're going to get yeah yeah to total domination as opposed to that we're looking maybe six percent success rate you know of of his career maybe it's higher maybe it's eight or nine percent i don't know but but it's it's still better than everyone else but it's super and it's three times better than anybody else not even a little bit like he's run a roger bannister three minute mile right does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Roger's on a four-minute mile. Well, this guy's just run... Tiger's just run a three-minute mile. That's how far in front of the crowd that he was. Let's... I digress a little. Sorry. Okay. So you're, so you're 12 years old. You, you get a... You go to Charlton... Charlton? Charlestown. Charlestown yeah. Golf Club. You've got a mentor. He's a... Yeah. He looks at you and he goes, oh, fantastic, you're a specimen. What are you, six foot three, six little, foot four? Yeah, little guy, Neville Bell, like, yeah. like Yoda. Okay. <laughs> and he, so he sees something in you and then you see something in you. So at what point did you go, golf is going to be my game? And, it, and I'm guessing you were thinking, because yeah, everyone thinks this, that I'm going to go on the tour and I'm going to be bloody yeah. Peter Thompson or yeah, Greg I'm, Norman. At, at that bracket, sorry, at that period in, in life, we're talking early 80s, 80 to 84 1980 to 1984 period there, kids didn't play a lot of golf. Every now and again, you found some circus freak that decided golf was going to be their sport. But generally speaking, <laughs> I was on my own. So and you, were the, you were the circus freak? That's dead set, you know. The, the, <laughs> Vince Owen, the bearded lady. <laughs> That's right. 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 So, so I'm playing against grown men, right? And, and, and I'm beating them and, I'm, and these guys are getting the poos about it. And, and, uh, and I'm starting to get a feeling that I... I could be okay and then I ran second in a club championship which was off the charts for anyone of any younger ages there and weirdly got beaten by an ex-tournament pro who decided he'd had enough of playing tournament golf at the time and beat me hands down hand over fist yeah so um, well right then I'm going like oh hang on a second I'm beating everyone here in the club bar some crazy 
thing. I'm going like, well, let's get to the next level of golf here pretty quickly. Now my coach is going, yeah, we're moving on from club level golf to going into state level golf and then finally national level golf. So, so that little, again, fire gets sparked when you're starting to beat the little pond you're swimming in at the time there. So that was my little pond was a okay. club, club championship sort of thing there. And then into junior golf and into state level junior golf and you know, became a state junior champion, and 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 you're trying to you know get into get into national level national level stuff. So that's how's your mum and dad going at this point? Sort of, you'd say your dad's school teacher, so she's like wakes up in a cold sweat every night about what my career's going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dad was a little bit more of a renegade, and he uh, he he was a motor mechanic, but only worked on European cars, which is a circus freak of being a motor mechanic. Yeah, yeah. yeah at the time in the eighties, there no one no one understood European cars. And again, this is north of Newcastle. Or- He's in Newcastle City. Oh, yeah, okay. you know, and 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 so mum going like, well. We, we, Vincent, we study, we study, we, we work hard and we, we get a well-educated and we get better jobs. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what, how are you going to make a living? Well, it's easy, Mum. I'm just going to win the first tournament I play in and with that money, I'm going to use that to get to the next tournament and from that money, I'm going to keep on winning. It's simple, Mum. That's a simple plan. What do you, what's your problem? <laughs> so, right? Yeah. And? And, you know, it's life became a little trickier than what I thought it was. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, and effectively, you know... Um, vacillating amateur golf enough and then an opportunity came around for a local golf club to put on an apprentice or a trainee as we call them yeah and at Belmont Golf Club I did my traineeship at Belmont which is on the south side of the city and a, and, a, and a link style golf course right on the ocean um, down in there and I had a fantastic mentor for the business of golf of which I'm now in you know and so I had this other third father who was nurturing my 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 career as a club professional and yet I was always telling him I'm going to tour mate and he goes yeah that's okay but I've got to teach you how to make a living you should you not be able to play on tour mm. you know yeah so that was an I got really lucky with with this with the quality of my mentors as such they just seem to fall in your lap okay so is there no they don't no no they don't they don't no you you know they don't fall into your lap you make them you cre- you help create them yeah, so yeah. uh just wondering do you think all most golf pros have that thing of, look, I'll just teach and do this trainee thing until the game comes good and then inevitably this is where you... Yeah, I think I think they... No, I think they've got stars in their eyes and then when they fail, they turn to the, turn to the industry to make a living. Okay. Yeah, like not quite... And, and what I do always feel for rugby league players is that they're at their peak of their career, they're on television and the moment they snap their Achilles or end or they just get old... There's nothing left for them there. They might be able to become a coach of a rugby league team and there might be a little bit of a background. But golf, we've been very fortunate to have a very deep industry to support us into. So the quality, shall I rave on a little bit here, the quality of your average club professional is a little understated at their playing abilities. Usually speaking, anyone behind the counter there has been good enough to play televised golf. But unfortunately, there's a lot of them, so they don't always... Get yeah. to that peak, yeah, yeah, yeah. So televised golf being Australian Opens and things like that. And yeah, and I, I think I think everyone has a club pro where they go, one of the best putters you'd ever see, oh. a ball striker, yeah. ball striker. Yeah. Now, Danny, you know, it's a, do you know what I mean? <laughs> sort of. Okay, so you're the pro at Horizons Golf Club. So this has yeah. had. Um, I mean, we used to come here in the nineties when, and they had the. I remember the New South Wales Open. It was yeah. televised on. I think it was actually on. SBS was one of the only tournaments that they did. I worked on it. it Really really (laughs) shot my career in the ass on that one. Um, It was funny. There was an English, sorry, just back to me. There was an Englishman leading on the last day. They said, go and interview him before he hits off. So he's up at the range. 
and we talked about it. I said, you know, you four shots in front, blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah, how are you feeling? So we talked about that. And then the last thing I said to him was, I said, well, get out there, run, rabbit, run, yeah. right? And he looked at me, he goes, what? what I said, well, it's an ad for Victoria, run, rabbit, <laughs> run. I said, you're leading, you better run. And he blew up. Oh, no. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I hope that wasn't my fault. Because <laughs> the way he looked at me. So, but, but anyway, I digress, obviously. No, um, the course was, was brilliant. I mean, it's a great layout. So it's a, what is it? It's um, Jeffrey Graham Marsh. Yeah. Ross course. Watson, Ross Graham Marsh. They were, a, they were a joint company partners. Um, Graham obviously put in the tour pro quality to the, to the course, but. And, and like through his scope of playing European golf, Graham played a lot in Europe more than he did in America. There, there's there's hills and hollows and bumps and pot bunkers and things like that. Yeah. I can see his influence from the type of golf that he played. And and Ross Watson is the unknown course architect, not even a famous golfer of any description there, but a marvellous builder of golf courses. And his stamp is easy to see with a number of his products that he produces there and has done in the past. Couple of the golf courses escape me right at the moment or come to me, but well, um, I think Graham Marsh did Twin Creeks as well, yep. and so this is not dissimilar to Twin Creeks in that yeah, in that exactly. moundy and the yep. bunkering is, yep. Yep. and it's hard here. It's very tricky, yeah. And, and look, it's it's not because in nineteen nineties we were hitting the golf ball about two forty, two fifty. Maybe the strongest guys were out there at 260, 270 meters off the tee, and now everyone's three hundred. You know, so this is this is a a drive and a wedge course where it was a drive and a four iron golf course in the 90s there and, and that made it woof off the charts difficult mm. yeah your long holes like one and two uh are driver seven irons for your average guy and drive an eight iron nine iron in there for the strong guys now they were just that's a that's probably shaved two shots off the degree of difficulty of, of the golf course and we're heading on into a hey what's equipment done to the game yeah this golf course is a little bit shorter than what it was but there's plenty of bush you can get into. So yeah, yeah. I, that's yeah. What I was thinking. So we played today uh, with my dad and my two brothers, and got our asses kicked. We had a great time. Like it's a really, it's a fun golf course, yeah. but you can't be wide. Yeah, no, there's probably two or three holes where you can actually get away, d- get away with being yeah. wide. Otherwise, yeah. it's you know, it is yeah. it is difficult. But it's had a run, hasn't it? So it was brilliant when it started, yeah. and then it had some troubles. Yeah. And is, am I right? The members bought it to to save it. Yeah, complete history it was it was purchased by a couple of guys. The land was purchased by a couple of guys. One of them happened to be a local, uh, call him publican as such. Uh, him and a mate bought this block of land, got a DA on it there, got very lucky in the late 80s to catch the wave of Japanese strength of their economy and managed to sell this off to a Japanese family-owned company. Their, their family name was Nakamura, Nakamura. And the Nakamura's built everything you see here. One family, $150 million investment in 1990, probably the equivalent, maybe at 300 in today's money, maybe even more. Right? Okay. Um, they put, they got the golf course built, got the, got the internal residential development done, got the external hotel built there or on the back of their own money. Um, so that's went along swimmingly well till 2001. So from 92 to 2001, let's call that a 10-year rough period mm-hmm. there where they owned and maintained and built the golf course. Um, and at that point in time, I think there was 25-odd green staff running. There was only cooch grass running through everything there. So one strain of grass plus the bent greens uh, and not a blade out of place. Um, so plenty of people there on hand. And, and I worked for them from, from 97 through to 2000, 2002. 
interesting cultural experience working for Japanese people um, and the cultural differences were very tricky to kind of deal with there. Um, but that, that's another story altogether there. I had some very good, good stories from that. But golf course-wise, um, yes, went through sale to Australian, Australian ownership there to a Deloitte executive okay. by the name of Antonio Gelanesi. Right. Was that a successful sale or was yeah. it the first guy's... First guy's in after the first guy. <laughs> Call them the second guy if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the successful sale to those, to those guys. Now, they really put some great energy in. We owe a lot to Antonio Gelanesi for the money, time, energy and effort that he put into this. This He brought the golf courses here. Sorry, golf tournaments here. Yeah, right. Okay. New, yeah, brought New South oh, okay. Wales Open. And a lady, ladies' European tour event had the ANZ Masters. So they're all four-round televised quality events. They weren't all televised, but they were of that nature where they could be yeah. televised as such. Um, you know, we had the likes of Sandy Lyle playing. We had, yeah. Yeah, we had Laura Davies playing in the ladies' event there. Paula Marty won the ladies' event there, walked into the pro shop prior to prior to the event there, being a Spanish girl, I'm doing my best Spanish accent there. It says, I'm a good player. I want a good caddy. <laughs> and I went, yeah, whatever. <laughs> 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 and she won by about five. Wow. Yeah, killed killed the crowd. Um, anyway, yeah. So so and then and then it's other the other uh, ANZ Masters event there, which was equally successful four round four round, and that was all under Antonio Gelanesi's yeah. banner there. Um, and, and so all this is worth remembering when you if you're considering coming up here to, to play, right? Even though the course is probably on its way back to that great level, because as I say, it's yeah. there was a dip. Yeah. Um, but the thing to keep in the back of your mind is the layout that you're playing. It's the same layout. Yeah, that's right. And it's this, and it's, it's yeah, and it will yeah, reward you. or belt you in yeah. equal measure. Yeah, and look, the down period was coming. You know, post Antonio's uh, purchase there on sold to a Korean company, and 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 unfortunately, they they didn't quite have the financial backing required to keep it operating in a profitable state and and let it let it let the golf course slip quite considerably. And then when the members finally stepped in. The place was in receivership at that point in time. They kept the grass alive and, and at least mowing down to keep it going there. And now purchased again by a family company um, who now in the current state that it's in there has been a tremendous feat to get a golf course back from needing CPR. Like literally black greens, giant chunks of grass that should be there that aren't there anymore, you know, and, and patches everywhere and everything. And now back to, oh, wow, this is Pretty good. Pretty you good. still see some dag, but yeah, it's pretty darn good. So we're in very good hands at the moment there, and it's not an easy task owning a golf course. So, so my hat's always off to golf course owners. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, what what do you like about it? About um, about Horizons and the Horizons experience. I think I think ultimately it's it's an international destination for for a number of golfers as much as a national destination. So that in my little backyard is awesome. Meaning, okay, everyone from the country knows of this golf course, travel up and down the coast, have to come and play at Horizons. So I get to see a diverse crowd that come through. We're two and a half hours out of Sydney, so I get to see, you know, half my clientele are Sydney-based people and they escape to this part of the world and I get to I get to mingle and coach and, and work with those people there. So I wouldn't get that at my local 
pardon me, Charlestown Golf Course, which is my hometown. So, you know, uh, anyone who's listening to that, uh, high respect for Charlestown Golf Club, but it's your local little golf course and this is, a, this is an international destination for golf as such. So that's a huge attraction. We've got an airport just down the road that yeah. brings these people in. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Port Stephen's a fabulous tourist destination for, for everything across the country. Uh, that's not even thinking you're a great golfer that wants to have a game of golf on a great cracking good course. So... I always am indebted to the people that sunk enormous amounts of money, time, and energy into keep this place going as such. Okay. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. What, in your mind, what's the secret to, if there is a secret to playing it, as we about to play our family championship <laughs> to uh, starting tomorrow? Inside, inside work, <laughs> I'm not telling him a thing. <laughs> but what's, is there, is it, is it three woods? Is it, you know? I get it in play at all costs, and that's not really stating anything. There's not obvious standing on a tee there, right? You want to keep it in play, but the greens are pretty big. Okay, so if you're in the middle of a fairway, hitting the hitting the green isn't really actually the master skill there. It's getting it into the fairway. Granted, there's a lot of lot of hills and hollows. They've buried a lot of elephants in those greens out there, you know, and there's hills and hollows. So you can hit in the centre of a green and face yourself a very difficult part. But missing the green, you, you're really not in good shape. Okay. So get in the fairway at all costs, even at the cost of length. Yeah, be in the fairway because I can stare at those pretty big greens and at my level of golf, yeah, it's it's a bit of a picnic from there to get it onto the centre of the green and such. But uh, if you're not there, yeah. you're in a bit of bother there as such. Okay. Yeah. And, and for you as head pro and you've been here and then went away and come back again, yeah. what what do you love the most about golf? Like what – if you – if there's – are you able to isolate something where you go, okay, Vince Owen, I'm a pro, I've done this for a long time and yeah. I started with a, the glory shot and I hope I'll finish with the glory shot. But yeah. like what brings you back to the game time and time again? The game itself, I, I think you just can't beat it. That's, that's, the, that's the thing there. It's like I'm walking in Woolies thinking I'm a golf swing and my, <laughs> and my wife is like, you know, hounding me, you know, come on, get – Get present. Get present. <laughs> I will. I'm just going to hit this shot, then I'll be with you. Yeah. Right, yeah. I've been so, that So, like Muhammad Ali, cut my head open, all you're going to find is boxing gloves, right? So, cut my head open, all you're going to find is golf clubs in there, you know, making moves, making swings. So, golf is in the DNA. So, it's hard to answer that question without prejudice to, to the sport and the love of my life there, right? But if you said, yeah, I can't beat it, it, it obsesses me. It attracts obsessive people. Uh, it attracts people that are emotionally on edge because this will this will teach you to handle your emotions 
Yeah, and that is a, not a bad teaching tool for everybody there that comes into the game and goes, wow, I was going so good until. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I love how everyone goes, I, th- I had 36 points. It could have been 42. I've had these putts. And you go, fuck, you, you haven't mentioned the putts that went in. <laughs> and you must have had those experiences there, Andrew. Yeah, so, you know, that, that never goes away no matter who you are there. You, when you're in the middle of a good round, it's like even if it falls apart on you, and depending on what that costs you in your life there, and it's cost me dearly in the past where you've had great rounds going and fallen apart and you start counting the money that should be in your, in your yeah, bank account, yeah. yeah, or whether or not it is, hey, I'm really trying to break into single figures and I had this round going and you wouldn't believe it, you know. If only I didn't adjust, hit the ball there or hit the ball yeah. somewhere else there, right? So it's a very, very tough mistress, shall we call it, golf, you know. And, and so I enjoy tough endeavours. You know, and that, that picked, picked a beauty, you know, if that's that's my you best did. answer to the whole thing. Then yeah, you did. You have picked a beauty and you're working in a great place. Hey, Vince, thanks very much for your time. It's a real pleasure to talk Absolute to you. Absolute pleasure, Andrew. And uh, I wish you the very best in your family event tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I'd love to help you with your golf game at some stage there. So we'll yeah. get on a lesson to you and we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you thumping some good shots down there. Good on you, Vince. Thanks. Thanks, Andrew. Pleasure. Pretty good, isn't he? And he sort of scared me a bit when I turned the <laughs> when I turned the recorder off. He's like, okay, and then he's got really pointy and technical and started talking about clubs and club design and the way they sit. And I'm thinking, shit, I should have recorded that, but I do want to go back and actually do something with him um, on tape, on film. So uh, we're, I'm working on a new project, and he is definitely going to be part of it. So thanks to Vince, thanks to Horizons, and um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Good on you. Oh, and for the record, Cam won the Timeless Family Reserve, the Dado Trophy. He won the one-day competition. I won the two-day competition. I just had to put that in. See ya. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? UVX10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.